TalNZ wants coordinated and sector-wide use of facial recognition technology in a bid to cut down on repeat crime. It says almost all retailers who responded to its latest survey have experienced crime at their businesses in the last year. Retail New Zealand estimates these crimes are costing the sector $2.6 billion a year, half of which is stolen goods. Of the 297 retailers surveyed, some of them would be chain stores, shoplifting was the most prevalent crime. Chief Executive uh, Carolyn Young says more businesses are expecting to incorporate AI facial recognition to identify offenders. Supermarket giant Foodstuffs is running a trial next month. The Privacy Commission in recent guidelines stated that the uptake of AI tools, quotes, present some specific challenges for privacy. We're expecting a statement from them on this push this morning. And in a moment, we'll speak to privacy legal expert Martin Betke, who penned a report on facial recognition technology. First, however, Carolyn Young, Chief Executive of Retail NZ, is with me. Good morning. Morena, Catherine. So what's the case you're making for this? What is the scale of retail crime? Well, it's significant, and we're seeing massive increases in a year-on-year basis. As, as you noted, $2.6 billion a year on retail crime, which obviously flows through to the economy. But we're also seeing a, a significant increase in violent and aggressive behaviour towards staff and customers to a certain extent. And, and you know, businesses primarily are really concerned about the safety and well-being of their staff. And the people that are coming into their stores, the number of people that are, are offending, are, there's a significant number that are re-offenders. So they might have been trespassed from the store, but they're not, you know, they're still coming through. And so that's a, a risk for staff. And, and businesses have got two regulatory obligations. One is around health and safety, and the second is around privacy. And so, uh, you know, in order to make an, a workplace safe, Businesses need to take every measure they can to provide a safe um, environment for their staff, just as you would expect to be able to come into work and go home safely. So can we just look a little bit more about how you can establish the increase? Obviously, media coverage of high-profile offending shows the distress, and certainly the people experience Mm -hmm. experience the distress. But is retail crime overall demonstrably on the increase? Do you have hard numbers to show that? Our numbers are definitely showing that. So we're seeing a significant increase in the number and aggressive levels of crime. I've seen videos from business owners where a um, a store worker has a four or five second interaction with a staff member and they get punched in the face. Uh, I had a story told to me yesterday by a retailer where there was a couple came into a store. Um, the couple were arguing. The male um, person in the partnership, he got aggressive with his female partner and was being physically violent with the partner. The store manager asked the the, the person to leave the store and for their um, efforts they got punched and, and, and assaulted for that, just to, to try and make a safe environment for the rest of the customers. And when we look at this estimated cost of retail crime, $2.6 billion is shoplifting, stolen goods basically, stolen goods one way or another. Yep. And what are the other? What's the other half? So when you look at something like robbery, robbery is obviously theft but it's accompanied by violent and aggressive behaviour so 37% of those uh, are now robbery and that's significant because and that's that aggressive and violent behaviour is where the um, the store owners are feeling that staff are not feeling safe but then you've also got threatening behaviour so you've got 61% of the things that have been um, uh, of the respondents have said they've had threatening and aggressive behaviour in their stores. 63% saying that but the dollar cost, what's the other half of the dollar cost? Oh the other half of the dollar cost 
cost is is the reparations around actually what retailers are telling us is fortifying their stores. So how to make them safe, how to stop the ram raids, uh, getting more security, internal CCTV, security guards out the front. That's more than a billion dollars collectively being spent on that. Okay. So let's... um, Can we talk about your experience of... of, Because facial recognition technology is one thing. If you bring it in, it will be an evidential... Learn more about some of the debate around that, but it will be an evidential process to bring to what? A prosecution. But are prosecutions happening now? Uh, Are store owners able to identify people now, just on CCTV footage or whatever, and give that to the police? And are prosecutions happening? So there's a couple of things with that. So... um Firstly, you know, one of the things, two things that we're asking is uh, from from any government is that we need more resources for police so they can actually come and respond to every offence that's happening. And secondly, the current court systems and the justice system is not an effective deterrent. So someone's get arrested by the police, they get charged with an offence. It's taking 18 months or two years to get before the court system. They're re-offending four or five or six times before they're at court. And so the current system is not working efficiently and it's not a deterrent. So as a result of that, you know, the, the facial recognition, the idea for that is that um, it's it's not used necessarily as a tool to for police, but it's actually used to recognise someone that's already been offending in the store. You've already got the facial features of that person. You put it into the system so that it detects if that person is coming back into your store. So and you literally, can stop them coming in the store. You can stop them in a car park. Is that what you're saying? If you had a camera in the space that could pick it up, and uh, you know, it depends on where you locate it. So there is um, some stores are using uh, license plate recognition. Okay, so let's stay with, let's say it's a supermarket. Yep. Um, and as we said, this trial's happening next month. How would they use the facial recognition technology to prevent someone even getting into the store? How would that happen? So. Um, I'm not an expert, but my understanding from going through this is that the the person that has been trespassed from the store and has offended previously, their identity would be loaded into the the software, and so the software would then pick up the the facial features of that person as they're starting to enter the store. The security guard would be or a staff member would be notified that this person is has already been trespassed from the store and they're not they shouldn't be coming into the store. So they can be there's intervention right at the start as they're entering the store and they're turned around. So it's actually about making sure that the store is a safe environment for everyone. So the primary reason is around safety and secondary is around uh, prevention of, of criminal activity. Do you envisage this being the bigger retailers making the most of this? Uh, We we mentioned there were nearly 300 people in your survey, but some of those would have multiple chains. Absolutely, some of them are very large. And so do you think it would be the supermarkets, maybe some of the big clothing retailers, sports goods retailers who would do this? Big box guys, yeah. So it's certainly, you know, you have to have the money to invest in the, the security cameras. You've got to have the money to invest in the software. It's a significant investment in staff training and probably additional staff to monitor and manage this. So you have to have the time and resources and therefore the income to do that. So I would think it would certainly start with the bigger guys or people with high value goods. It may also um, be something. But um, stores that are selling uh, high um, you know, you've you've got high turnover of goods, you're going to have repeat offenders more so than someone that might have a high value and low turnover. You know, you can probably control things a bit more through controlled entry and just 
register stores and things like that. Have you talked to the police about this? Uh, well, foodstuffs are actually working with um, the Privacy Commissioner. It's actually the trial they're doing has got an independent person monitoring and evaluating on a on a regular basis around the reporting and making sure that everything's working. So the Privacy Commissioner is has been is working with them on the shape of the trial and and yes. and, and will oversee the trial. Yes, okay. they've got some independent people overseeing the trial. And so effectively, if you or I walked into a store, our image would be deleted immediately because we're not already captured as a repeat offender. It's only these people that have already been trespassed So the only them. use, under the way this particular trial is structured, the only use of facial recognition that can be retained is if someone has been trespassed. That's correct. Otherwise, the technology itself, the way it's programmed, it would automatically delete. Correct. Correct. And, and, you know, as with any trial, we'll learn a lot through this process. And, and the idea then is to think as we work our way through the end of the trial and, and gather the data around what's worked really well is actually thinking about what would a framework look like for this so that we can work with the sector and the Privacy Commissioner to ensure that, you know, it's effective for everyone and that everybody understands that it's actually a preventative tool and it's about safety. The other issue is the powers of the security guards to intervene. We had a very high profile, actually, it was a newspaper owner, <laughs> tackle an alleged offender yes. and make a citizen's arrest, the infamous yes. citizen's arrest, uh, and was ticked off by the police for it. So what powers do does a security guard, does a store manager have to prevent someone accessing? They, they don't have special powers or anything like they that. They can't arrest them, but what they can they do them. to prevent them entering? So if they can identify someone, they can. The, their idea is that they then they're trained and skilled around de-escalation and working out how to turn that that person around and get them to not can't come into physically the store. restrain them. However, no, no, they just have to literally get in the way and say go away. Yeah. Yeah, and they have to have, have a number of tools in their toolbox to work out how to interact with different types of people in different ways. And they won't always be successful, right? But at least there's an identification that this person's entering the store. Someone could shatter them around the store and ensure that everyone else remains safe. Because a lot of the people that are doing these activities are also quite intimidating. Um, okay, so that trial, if, if it all proves successful, mm -hmm. in what way are we talking about a coordinated approach? Because... Um, obviously we've said this is probably the big and well-heeled retailers that will do it in the first in instance, but what's the power of a coordinated approach? Is the risk is that someone will go to this store and not to this store, and more of them will go to the store that doesn't have the, doesn't have the technology, right? Is that why you're saying, let's do this together? I th it's really important to share knowledge. I think everyone acknowledges that crime is the single biggest issue for retail right now so the more knowledge and information that we share as a sector to enable us to be more effective against combating crime I think the better. Um, so knowledge shared is, uh, is you know, it's work shared is work halved. So um, we share the knowledge and we share the resources around making sure that the framework that we um, work with will work across the sector. What else are you proposing as part of this response? You want the police to be part of this, you want whomever's the government to be part of this uh, because, as we said, this doesn't probably apply to many of the smaller retailers who've got their fog cannons or whatever else trying to keep themselves 
trying to deal with this issue. What else are you proposing? So I think, you know, more resources for the police, unclogging the court systems, you know, having effective mechanisms around those the youth that are offending. So, you know, there's a quite a, a, a lot of young people that are gaining notoriety from doing outrageous acts, um, you know, from ram raiding Social to any other stuff. Yeah, yeah, all of that sort of thing and making sure there's ways to, to combat that. There's young people that are being groomed, um, you know, to do to do crime and it's a social crime to order. Now what, what, what's you mentioned that one of the facets you've noticed has changed is basically organised theft rings. Can yep. you explain and gangs, more? gangs going out they've, they've, they've got people that want to you know even they're going into um, supermarkets and pulling out a whole lot of uh, meat products because they've got people that want to buy those things and so they're, they're, they are just stealing things that they know to order and then they're, you know, they're, they're selling them on in, in, the, in the black market and, and that would cover not just supermarkets but a wide range of stores uh, and so and they're very intimidating when they come into a store. You know, if someone's from a gang background, they can be quite intimidating in the way, and they know how to be intimidating, right? How long is this trial going to trial going to run? The foodstuffs one. My understanding, it's a six-month trial. All right, thank you, Carolyn. Carolyn Young is chief executive of Retail NZ. It's twenty minutes past nine. You're listening to Nine to Noon on RNZ National. Uh, Marjean Betke is a lecturer in, at Victoria University teaching privacy law, including the regulation of facial recognition technology. He's also the chair of the New Zealand Privacy Foundation. This is different from the Privacy Commissioner, which has a statutory role. Uh, Marjean co-authored a paper on the moral and legal issues surrounding facial recognition technology. Marjean, good morning. Welcome. Hey, good morning. What do you Hello. make of what you've heard of the way this is progressing? Well, I'm a bit concerned, to be honest, because, uh, well, of course, I acknowledge that, that, that there are valid reasons uh, behind that. There is a problem with security and, and there are losses. But I, I struggle to, a bit to see a link between the, the, the whole picture of, uh, of those losses and, uh, and the problem itself and the, the design solution, which is facial recognition, to be honest. Because there was a, I mean, there were many, many things there. There was violent behavior, assaults, uh, ram rights, uh, gang backgrounds, and so on. And facial recognition won't really help with that. Yeah? Is, is, is that uh, the probably more security and and uh, and maybe 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 some other measures? And with the actually with facial recognition technology or live facial recognition technology can bring into that is uh, is more risks yeah, to, to 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 people privacy risks. It's just that the risks that they are not perceived by the supermarket, but but somehow uh, risks that are of uh, on the on their uh, customers. So first of all, it is a it is a remote biometrics. So so it collects the bi- our biometric information not just for those violent offenders, but for everyone in the shop. And uh, and it's, the question is, of course, how what what how and and what it uh, does with uh, with well, that. What we heard from Carolyn, <clears throat> Carolyn was that the way this is being designed is anyone not flagged will have that um, data deleted immediately. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's a good news. But uh, to be honest, I would like to consent. First, then, then, then actually know about that and and be able to do something uh, before someone collects my biometrics information and not just rely on someone that that, that someone's uh, uh, information that m- it will it will be deleted. 
second thing is is uh, that uh, collection. Uh, that actually did, it brings uh, some some uh, questions about the fairness of collections. So so principle four in, under New Zealand Privacy Act 2020. So I'm glad that that office of the, the office of the privacy commissioner is engaged with with that because because they are working on biometrics and uh, and I think this uh, this is uh, somehow. Uh, I think that, the, and they are even right now uh, looking into the potential biometrics privacy code, so an additional set of rules which, which will regulate uh, the use of biometrics. And I think this this sort of of, of use would be uh, probably against that 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 that, that uh, the rules of that projected code, if I can can say that. What are the rules or regulations that this might run up against as things stand? And, and you know, this specific trial is being done, it sounds like, with the oversight of the Privacy Commission. But if someone else just decides they're going to bung this in their store, what are the current regulations or rules it could be in breach of, or laws? It is fairness. It is uh, fairness of collection. First thing is that the fairness of collection. So the question whether whether if if someone reaches out for 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 everyone's biometrics identification that that uh, shouldn't be somehow done in a way that person is uh, participating or consenting to that. If that if that was a police, uh, there was uh, for example this year uh, judgment. Uh, Case Tamifuna, uh, which uh, the Court of Appeal uh, held that uh, making a photo of the individual, just not because of there was some some reasonable suspicion, but by the police, wasn't was a search under the Section 21 of, of the Bill of Rights Act, and, and and could be an unlawful search. So, so just pause. Was this the case of the young kids who were being photographed by police? They were out on Friday nights or something in a small town. Was that the case? No, 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 not exactly. That case ended up with with, an off, with a report by the Office of the Privacy Commissioner and the Independent Police Conduct Authority, which actually said the same that it was unlawful because of fairness of collection. I'm, I'm referring to the case in which person was photographed at the at some roadblock, just in case, and then uh, that that photograph was used uh, in in prosecution. Okay, that's different that, though. Yeah. That photograph was gathered. Uh, and then used in prosecution. In this instance, the photograph, uh, sorry, the facial recognition data will be gathered and we are told deleted. If it weren't deleted, is it likely a breach? And are we on a fine line even if it's temporarily collected? That's a very good question, actually. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> to be honest, persuaded that, that if someone captures my biometric identification first, so breaches my right and then deletes that. It is, I mean, that kind of invalidates the breach at the first place. What is the difference between facial recognition technology and the stuff we're putting up with all the time at the moment, which is CCTV footage? Honestly, I'm watching a documentary on Netflix at the moment, and we're going to talk about it later. Uh, and this was a, a murder victim. And everything that she did that day, every move that she made that day, every shop she went into, the bus she got on, the street she walked on, was patched together using CCTV footage. We had these debates around CCTV, machine. What's different about biometric data? The difference is that um, that uh, it's not just the footage, it's uh, that the footage collects the facial template and links with some external data. 
of the about the individual or external personal information checks against against the database of known offenders or or brings out the details of the details of the profile of the individual so it's not that that we are just recorded in the in the when we are in on, in a public place we are recorded and our details are being linked or aggregated with some other sources of data which brings out the the actually or or, or puts into consideration our fuller profile of ourselves yeah? So, uh, yeah, and the question is, do we have any sort of, of, of expectation to be anonymous in the, in the, pub, in the public space? I, I, I think so. I think that, that uh, we should be expecting that uh, people around don't check out uh, or check our faces against their, their databases when we are just, just doing our shopping. So just pause. <clears throat> Carolyn, you said you didn't know the detail of the text. So sorry to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. To, this, is a, this is a fine line that matters, actually. To work out whether or not someone has trespassed, does every customer have to have this check done? Like, I, I, you don't know, and I don't know if Marcin, you can help, how the technology actually works. Does the trespass person's biometric data throw up a, throw up a flag, or does everyone have to be analysed in order for that flag to be thrown up, Marcin? Do you understand? I'm not 100% sure, but I think it would it would do a quick evaluation of everyone of that's everyone. coming through, which is and how clear, they know that they would, they would okay. delete. But I think that to remember, this is one tool that retail that, that potentially could be open to retailers. You know, retailers are already looking at security guards, and, and they've got security guards in stores that you can't identify because they're not wearing uniforms to they've changed the layout of the stores. CCTV, as you mentioned, Catherine, yeah, yeah, is yeah, widely yeah. used amongst, yeah. you know, everywhere these but days. But this would be the game changer if you were able to intercept regular brazen offenders before they even get near the store. So, Marcin, back back to you. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it likely that we are going to see a push for this, whether it's from retail NZ retailers or someone else, that, that people are going to want to make use of this to be more targeted and more preemptive in how they deal with these crimes? And if so... Uh, are we on to it with updating guidelines and, and the law? You mentioned the Privacy Commission looking specifically at biometrics now, yeah? Yes. Yes, I think I think this, the technology progresses. Uh, we need to, to update the, our rules. The, the facial, the biometrics is... is it's a very sensitive information for everyone because you cannot change it. I mean, I cannot change my face and change my biome- other biometric identification and they they shouldn't be collected by just anyone. But that's, that's only one concern about collection. I think that there is a second concern is about what happens with with the data if uh, whether they are, I mean the database of offenders of potential offenders how the people actually are getting on that list whether that list is shared between the supermarkets within the same network whether this list is shared somehow between the networks of the supermarkets and so on it's actually what happens there on, on the yep. on the back office is this is this is another you know? understood and understood and, 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 and that's all yeah machine sorry. No, no, just, just the third thing, just to flag it, this is the accuracy of that. Yeah? Is that it, for a long time it has been known that, that the facial recognition technology is not perfect and it gives uh, much uh, less accuracy when uh, people are uh, non-white. It has a racial bias, but that said, were it to make errors here, that would be established after the fact. It would be extremely distressing for the individual, but but it it would be established after the fact that they had not been trespassed, right? Um, Look, okay, thank you both. Really interesting conversation, uh, and we will uh, come back, I think, uh, to the Privacy Commission 
in time and see how this unfolds. But getting underway next month, this trial. Thank you both. Thanks to Machin Bitkia and thanks also to Carolyn Young.